Welcome, one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. This is an organization that provides support, resources, and information to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease as well as their family members. By way of honoring my mission, I recently released a free Jumpstart to Recovery crash course, which of course is available to anybody interested in watching my videos that explain three specific techniques that can be used any time of the day or night to basically reduce stress levels and also release trauma. I extracted these three videos from my online Jumpstart to Recovery course that I've actually been developing over the last several years. There are 24 hours of videos in that online course, so it's comprehensive, it's lifetime access. But in conversations with a large number of individuals, I selected out three of the therapies that I discuss in that much more comprehensive online program that people have reported to me have been particularly useful. One of those particular therapies that I actually offer a demonstration of in a video is a therapy or a technique that is known as EFT, or Emotional Freedom Technique. Now, in the video, I give a demonstration of using that technique on myself, and also I provide some additional resources that you can access I'm actually, in a few minutes here, going to re-air a program that I sponsored about four or five years ago with an interview of an individual who is an EFT practitioner, the amazing Bernadette Hunter. In this particular program, Bernadette offers EFT to an individual who volunteered to be on the program who wanted to address a particular concern that she had over anxiety, particular anxiety over going outside, visiting the doctor, or doing errands. You can then listen to that particular show and hear exactly how Bernadette, a skilled practitioner, a certified practitioner, handles doing EFT for an individual who currently experiences Parkinson's symptoms. I want to report to those of you who have signed up for the free crash course, you probably had an initial reaction that was something like, this is pretty wild and crazy. How could anything like tapping on my face and on my shoulders and under my arms make any difference whatsoever to the anxiety and fear and stress and trauma that I've experienced? Well, it does. And I must admit that I've been a skeptic just like you. When I heard Bernadette's demonstration of EFT with the volunteer on the program, Monica, and afterward, I uh, several days afterward, Monica emailed with some wonderful reports of the results that she got from being able to see a dramatic reduction in the anxiety she experienced in going out and doing some errands just the few following days after the treatment that Bernadette offered her. You don't have to get assistance from a practitioner to get EFT treatments, which is one of the reasons I included this demonstration in one of the videos included in the Jumpstart to Recovery Free Crash course. 
I did think that this particular radio program would supplement that demonstration quite beautifully. And also, it's a wonderful demonstration of how, yes, indeed, this particular simple technique, which only takes a minute or two at most to do, can have a dramatic influence on reducing stress levels. For those of you listening, I'm sure you all know that when stress is reduced, yes, indeed, symptoms all of a sudden are also reversed. The two are inextricably connected. So one of the ways to get the best results in terms of finding symptom relief is to go directly after the issue of stress. And, of course, one of the ways to get at the issue of stress is to begin to release any and all traumas that you may have experienced, whether those traumas are physical, mental, or emotional. So that's why I'm airing this show once again here today to supplement the free crash course information that I just put out last week. Uh, so that those of you who remain skeptical, and believe me, I understand why, can get additional confirmatory evidence that this is something you can do any time of the day or night when you're feeling anxious or stressed. It really does work. You might ask me, well, okay, okay, I see the evidence. I see it helped, Monica. I see you doing it on the video in the crash course. It looks like it might be beneficial, but it's pretty crazy to me. Can you give me any explanation of how in the world this might work? My first answer is, well, not really. I've never really seen or read any explanation that made a whole lot of sense to me. I do believe, though, that one of the reasons it's so effective is that the intention is crystal clear when you engage the tapping experience. So instead of being hesitant about your intention, it is crystal clear. Second of all, I think a reason why EFT can be so powerful is somehow it derails any attachment to traumas that we may be holding subconsciously. So you ask me, well, what in the world am I talking about, attachment to traumas? Who in the world would ever want to have an attachment to a horrible experience in their life? Well, my observation, my personal experience is we do it. We all do it. We have attachments for some crazy reasons that are not really understandable and certainly not logical to horrible experiences that we've had in our life. Again, whether they are physical in the form of accidents, whether they are emotional, or whether they are mental abuse. And by way of explanation, let me just refer you to, I'm sure, stories and perhaps personal experiences you might have known of particularly young people and even people who are older who cut themselves. Why in the world would anybody want to take a knife and cut themselves or injure themselves? Certainly it hurts. Uh, it creates a lot of pain. Why do they do that? And uh, the explanation, the answer is because they have attached pleasure to the pain. So I think that's why some of us find it's difficult to somehow let go of some of the traumas that we've experienced. We do have a subconscious attachment of pleasure to some of the painful experiences that we've had to encounter during our lifetime. Again, this is not logical. It doesn't make any sense. If you ask anyone, including me, well, do you have some? Do you get some kind of pleasure out of hanging on to the trauma that you experienced five years or eight years or during your childhood? Of course, I would intellectually say, well, no, that's crazy. I, I, that's crazy. Why in the world would I do that? 
But the reality is, as I have personally sunk deeper down into the reality of how I really feel, I have had some positive pleasure from hanging on to some of these horrible experiences, and everyone has horrible experiences in their life. So I think that's another reason why EFT can be so instrumental. Somehow, in some deep level, it's able to sidetrack that attachment, and all of a sudden we're able to recognize the trauma for what it is. It's an experience that was horrible, and it needs to be released, no longer to be attached or held on to. And then finally, the other explanation that you'll find that will proliferate the Internet is the explanation that it opens up the meridians. In other words, that's the energy that travels through the many meridians in the body. And clearly, there's some validity to that argument as well. So the energy is flowing better. Your cells are being nourished with the oxygen and the water and all the nourishment that they need in order to be able to thrive and to clear out any of the toxins and horrible mess that may be contained in our bodies, whether they take the form of heavy metals or pesticides or bacteria or you name it. So again, I think in the end there are several logical and if I could say intellectual or academic reasons why it makes sense to me that EFT would really be a useful and powerful therapy. Here's my spin on it. I think the only reason why EFT really cannot help you see a reduction in your stress levels is you don't do it. And why don't you do it? Well, again, I want to go back. It may be there's some attachment to hanging on to the trauma that's entirely subconscious. You're not aware of it. I'm not aware of it. No one is aware of it. So by implementing EFT, you can do it every day, three times a day. It only takes a couple of minutes. I think you'll be amazed at the result that you can see in terms of a taming down of whatever symptoms you might currently be experiencing. So emotional freedom technique. This is, again, a radio show that I aired back five years ago with the amazing Bernadette Hunter, uh, who you will also be very impressed with. If you're thinking, well, you'd like to be able to get a practitioner to provide you with some long-distance assistance over the phone, she's a wonderful resource, and so you'll be able to contact her through her website if you'd like to be able to get someone to help you give a kickstart to doing this particular therapy. And again, for those of you that might not have already signed up for the free crash course, be sure to do it. Uh, I think you'll find that there are three amazing therapies, EFT, one of them uh, that's uh, among the three, are really powerful and useful. And I want to repeat, I don't just say this. I know that other people have reported back to me that these three therapies have been unusually and particularly useful. Now, they're not obviously the only three. There are many, many others that are available. Some of them, just like these, you can do yourself, and others do require the assistance of a practitioner. So I don't want to suggest that doing EFT alone is going to be the end all. It's certainly not. What I am suggesting is take it seriously. Listen to the rest of the show. Listen to my interview with Bernadette, who gives uh, her own explanation of EFT how it works, why it works. Listen to her particular session with the volunteer on this particular show, Monica, so you'll get a real sense of how it works. And again, Monica is a person who had been diagnosed with Parkinson's, so this is a practical application of using emotional freedom freedom technique with a person who experiences current symptoms. In the video in the crash course, you see me doing this technique. And incidentally, for those of you that have already seen the video, that's a live demonstration. I didn't make that up. 
I literally just did the tapping and reported to you what my personal experience was. And so I think you'll find, if you'll begin to use it, you'll have similar positive results. It doesn't vanish the stress altogether. Sometimes you have to retap two or three or even four or five times to be able to get it down to a manageable level. So one time is not necessarily enough. But if you stick with it, I think you'll be pleased at the ultimate result. So here I am. Uh, I'm interviewing Bernadette Hunter on explaining this amazing technique, emotional freedom technique. And again, if you want to sign up for the crash course, you'll see links here on the radio show page. Click on it, and you'll be able to just give the email address, and you'll get those emails every other day or so um, uh, that are links to videos of my explaining what these three amazing texts can do for being able to reduce stress and provide a release of trauma that you may be currently experiencing. So, Bernadette Hunter. You have tuned in to Parkinson's Recovery. This is Robert Rogers, and we have an incredibly exciting program for everyone today. We're going to be discussing E. FT. Now, that's not extraterrestrial kind of stuff. That's emotional freedom technique, which is a powerful technique that can be used to help individuals um, address various issues that are up for them. My very special guest uh, today during the program is Bernadette Hunter, uh, who has a number of very higher-order academic credentials. And she uses emotional freedom technique to help individuals who are athletes, artists, and performers, and uh, career people, as well as individuals who have chronic uh, conditions, illnesses, and symptoms, to uh, basically address the symptoms of the illness and to optimize uh, their goals and their performance. She uh, is a performance enhancement specialist with expertise in, in multiple arenas, and specifically a level one and a level two EMDR practitioner, which is uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing since 1995. Uh, Bernadette is also a, a licensed professional counselor, and she's been in practice since uh, 1987. So she's been doing this work for quite a while, and um, I should tell everyone, I actually um, got uh, Bernadette as a reference to uh, inquire whether she'd be available to be on the program from an individual who has the symptoms of Parkinson's and who found her work to be extremely helpful. We also on the program have another, a second, very special guest uh, who we're going to talk with in just a few minutes. Uh, uh, she has the symptoms of Parkinson's, and uh, she's going to actually work with uh, Bernadette. And so you'll get a real live sense of uh, how this particular approach works and how it can be used to help an individual address whatever concerns they might uh, have. So let me uh, say then, uh, Bernadette, thank you so much for being a uh, available and willing to be on the uh, radio show today. Well, Robert, you're very welcome. It, it, it really is my pleasure to be working with this. So my first question is, I guess, the obvious one. What is EFT, or emotional freedom technique? Yes, that's always the, the question. And it's one of those things that uh, if when you experience it, you go, oh, I get it. Uh, when you read about it, you think, what? That sounds a little odd. But basically, it's a, it falls into two major categories. It's a mind-body healing practice 
and it borrows from acupuncture or acupressure points in the body. Uh, the basic thing I can say is that we're combining somebody having a negative thought, a negative physical symptom, a negative belief that basically is blocking them from healing, and we're combining them focusing on that negative belief, feeling, symptom with tapping on certain meridian points on the face and the collarbone, just about eight points really. And it has a phenomenal effect on changing the negativity and literally the physiology and the cell structure. And there's a lot of uh, physiology that goes into that, but I'll, I'll leave it there for right now. So is it really about tapping on the body? So if I knew what those eight points were, I could wake up in the morning and tap on those eight points and uh, be able to address the kinds of issues that I'm confronting? Um, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, one part of it is being able to tune into what is, let's say, wrong, in quotation marks. One of the main features of EFT that I love is we're taking what we seem we seem to think is unacceptable, uh, this lack of balance, this speech that's not working right, this uh, this uh, not being able to move properly, etc. We usually shove those kinds of negative feelings or thoughts or literal symptoms in the background. We bring those forward at the same time that we're tapping and practicing what you'll hear later is an acceptance that even though this is going on and it feels horrible, I accept myself. So there's a combination of, I'd say, the cognitive and the tapping. So as an individual who has great experience in this particular approach, I would come to you and whatever might be up for me uh, in the day, we would work with. So if I was having difficulty with my movement, I might say that and then we would go from there. Is that sort of yeah. the way it starts? Yes, I, I'm pretty much there to pay very close attention to what the client is saying to me uh, about symptoms, about feelings about those symptoms, thoughts they have that um, I'm not going to make it through this, etc. But I'm also listening to underneath what they're not saying, if you will. You know, the, the things that we don't say out loud, but that I might have a sense that they're present, so that I'm also tapping on those things as well. How did you get interested in uh, learning uh, and becoming an EFT practitioner? Well, the number one thing is that uh, as, after I got just exposed to it by somebody who just kind of looks around and sees what the next thing is, um, that it's getting results. <laughs> you know, results speak louder than just about anything. And it's a tool that you can give people, unlike other things that let's say counselors like myself do, they have to keep going to the counselor in order to, to get the benefit. EFT is something that I can teach somebody and they literally have this tapping tool in their back pocket. They can use it when their symptoms get worse. They can use it uh, to prevent symptoms. They, they can use it throughout their day and also use it on a multitude of things. And in addition to physical symptoms, it's used on all kinds of emotional states. Uh, it's used for athletic performance boosting, uh, public speaking anxiety. It's just so usable on so many different arenas. I really, uh, I'm quite biased, Robert. I love this tool. <laughs> <laughs> 
we talk about so many different approaches that people can consider to uh, help them get relief from symptoms. It really runs the gamut at Parkinson's Recovery. Um, what do you find particularly useful about emotional freedom technique over many of the other approaches that we discuss on the program? Um, well, I want to say straight out that that I um, am not somebody who is really, really familiar with your program, so I know that you cover a lot of arenas that, that I have not listened to the blog. Um, I can say, again, with EFT, the, the fact that I can teach it to my clients is extremely important. And one of the things I, well, there's several things. One of them is that you take something that is pretty unconscious, especially if you use a practitioner, you can get to the unconscious material. People have long-held resentment, grief, hurt, anger, uh, cut off from family members or friends, different events in their lives that have really created a change in the chemistry of their, of their cell receptor sites. And this particular technique not only changes the physiology of the cell receptor sites, but it lets the person say out loud, not that they have to, but I, I find it beneficial. They get to say out loud, you know, even though I resent such and such, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So it's kind of like dragging the old skeletons out of the closet and coming to peace with it all, not only mentally but also on that physiological level. I love that about EFT. And it's a no-nonsense method. You don't have to know all the science behind it. You don't have to have a practitioner. I think it's helpful at the beginning to have a practitioner to get to the more hidden issues, the, the root issues. But then you really can use it. I've had a client, four sessions with me. We did some major work on some major pieces of her history. She's used it with her husband. She's used it with her teenage daughter and she's using it with a grandchild. So that is really rewarding. So this approach really does help transform thought forms and thought processes that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, amazing how a person can start out with one thought and sometimes even between the first or the, even the second round, that thought will completely shift to, oh, I guess I can do this, when they started out with maybe a very high sense of hopelessness. The thought just shifts because of the physiology and the cell shifting. It's, it's really lovely. So you discuss EFT as a physiologically based process. What is the basic chemistry of EFT? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be as succinct as possible. <laughs> Um, when you think of life as a, a series of events, obviously we have a lot of events that happen, and those events can also be thoughts. I'll use a silly example of uh, golfers, and they'll say, uh, oh, gosh, there's water over there. I certainly don't want to hit it in the water. <laughs> you know, your unconscious mind hears something about water <laughs> and starts tuning into water, and sure enough, you hit it in the water. Uh, so first of all, I think it's important to know that over 96% of our behaviors and thoughts are controlled by our unconscious, not the part that we're aware of. But when you have an event or a thought, 
chemicals are released by the hypothalamus, and these chemicals are experienced in our bodies as emotions. So if you think of chemicals synonymous with emotions, and they basically lock into the cell receptor sites, and we have some one or two trillion cells in our body, all of which have a lot of cell receptor sites. And if we don't process that chemical or that emotion, let, let's say in that resentment one I referred to earlier, it just stays in the cell receptor site. It blocks that site from getting the nutrients and the proteins, etc., that it needs to be healthy. And of course, over time, cell receptor sites shrink up, cells shrink up and die, and they divide. So if you haven't cleared out that resentment, for example, now you have two cells that have a comfort zone for resentment. I don't know if that makes sense with you. I always, I always think about angry people, and they seem to find more anger. They get together with others, too. <laughs> yeah. and, and when you think about it on a, on a physiological level, they have, if they haven't re released that anger from their cells, the chemical, the emotion, same thing, of anger, it's, it, it doesn't have a chance to release, the cell divides, now you have twice as many cells feeling very comfortable with anger. So what EFT does is basically unlock the emotion slash chemical out of the cell receptor site. And I watch it before my eyes where, oh, the anger's gone or the sadness, the deep grief is gone and there's this lightness in the body, and, um, and I know that it's literally happening on a cellular level. Clearly the most sensitive cellular structure in the body or the neural networks, what you're saying then is that this will have the great opportunity to cleanse whatever blockages might be present in a person's neural networks. Yes, yes, very well put. Some very key features of EFT or emotional freedom technique uh, have to do then with what you talk about as acceptance or ending the fight. Tell us more about that. Well, in most things, there's this fight that's going on. Uh, I'm going to use an innocuous example, and then we can deal with the Parkinson's. Um, if something as simple as doing the dishes, <laughs> Um, there can be this internal fight, uh, you know, well, I should do the dishes. So already, because of the word should, you know there's a thing going on. There's this fight like, well, I, but I don't want to. Do you know what I'm saying there, Robert? You know, yep. simple things like, you know, I should really get out and mow the lawn. Oh, I don't know. I, I've got to do this first. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I really need to call George and see what's going on. Uh, these insidious, unconscious little things that, that we're fighting against the very thing that needs doing, that's simple, that's not that big a deal if we don't have the fight going on. In the case of something a little more complex, it's really easy to have a strong fight against having a serious illness. I hate this. Why me? I can't believe this is happening. This is awful. My life is going to go downhill from here on out. The prognosis is horrible. And fighting that, I've worked with a lot of people with uh, physical pain, and they're fighting the fact that they were in the car accident, for example. There's something beautiful about, and, and again, you'll hear it when I'm working with Monica, of 
even though I have this blah, 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 something we find unacceptable, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And there's something about that that, you know, I don't know how, I can't explain how the neuroscientists can explain how things shift in the brain, but I can feel it and see it in front of my eyes that there's something about the acceptance of what we find unacceptable that starts to shift the so-called problem into a little more doable thing. I can now put it in the light and take a look at it in a clearer light. Whereas before, when I'm fighting it, I've got it back in the dark closet, pretending it doesn't really exist, but I'm totally focused on everything negative about it. So it seems to break up the gridlock. That's so cool. It sounds like this particular approach, EFT, uh, would be particularly uh, interesting to an individual who finds themselves saying, yeah, I know I ought to eat better food. I know I ought to exercise. I know I ought to do this and that. But I just don't feel like it today. That right. this, in fact, might be something that would help them get over the hurdle of resistance. Yes, and resistance is, is the first and foremost thing for all of us. Yeah, because the resistance thinks that we're, they're protecting us somehow, but in fact keeping us from the very thing that would be so helpful. Right. Those unconscious processes are hard to beat sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly when yeah. you stand the unconscious. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you're going to be working here in just a, a minute with, uh, okay. with Monica. Um, and as you're going to work, I've already decided myself that I'm going to actually go through what you're suggesting she does. So I'm going to be Monica. tapping on myself and silently saying some things. My question is, okay, so we're going to go through this particular uh, session. I'm going to be tapping once. Is that going to be it? Will I be able to clear out whatever I need to clear out with just one tapping event? Um, the answer is yes and no. The, the yes part is, um, I'll, I'll give you an example of a client this morning. Last week we, we worked on her sadness about a particular thing of a cutoff with a family member. And she doesn't know what happened. Anyway, the details are neither here nor there. But this deep, deep sadness, we've, we tapped on the sadness, and that aspect is completely gone. What we haven't yet tapped on is the anger. And she came in today and said, you know, I thought about uh, Sarah again, and I realized I'm really angry. That still exists because it's a separate aspect. So there are many aspects. To clear, but once you've cleared one aspect, it's it's gone. But as you know, we all have the many layers of the onion. There can be several aspects of grief over having an illness, the the loss of function, uh, the fear of the future, uh, maybe not being able to work like one used to. Uh, will my you know will my family be okay taking care of me? I don't want anybody to take care of me. There's, those are all various and separate aspects. It's not that you have to tap on every single aspect. Some of them will collapse when you work with another, but some of them are unique unto themselves, kind of like unique chemicals, if you will. They have their own own uh, hue, like the colors of the rainbow. It's kind of, they each have their different vibration, if you will. 
Does that answer your question? It does indeed. Is persistence with EFT necessary uh, for a person who has the symptoms of uh, Parkinson's? Particularly with a serious illness, persistence is very important. And that's where things can break down. The EFT doesn't break down, but the will to do it can break down. And that's extremely common for anything. Even practitioners like myself who work all day long with people, I'll forget to tap on things. I'll forget about the power of it or, you know, you get too busy. But with things like serious illness, your body is, is working overtime already. And this is a very powerful tool that seems so innocuous it's easy to ignore it. Persistence is something that the founder of EFT talks about a lot in terms of if you persist, if you find a daily regimen, you can make major shifts in your recovery. What an awesome explanation, Bernadette. Well, good. I'm going to now introduce our special guest so that Bernadette can have uh, really the rest of the program to work with her. She's Monica McIntyre, age 56, from Huntington Beach, California. It's been four years since her diagnosis, and Monica has chosen not to take medication. Her symptoms are other than the usual mild bouts of poverty of movement, freezing at doorways, and balance problems. She dislikes the intense anxiety that she experiences before going on an errand in the car. That's really one of the most troubling uh, uh, symptoms. Once she's driving, she's perfectly okay. How does Monica manage her symptoms? Well, one of the approaches is EFT, so she's got some experience with using this particular approach. She does light yoga stretches, Parkinson's ballroom dancing, walking elliptical machine to music. She uses a recumbent stationary bike to music. She uses light free weights, easy Tai Chi, deep breathing, meditation, and she also has a longevity stick. Uh, Monica's hobbies are reading and geocaching. So it's absolutely uh, delightful to welcome you on the program today, Monica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And let me now turn the program over to Bernadette. Okay. Hi, Monica. Hi, Bernadette. So you and I are going to do some work. And um, for those listening, Monica and I uh, visited briefly, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, so that I could meet her and, and uh, she could select really what things she wanted to focus on today. So... I think, Monica, why don't you go ahead and just say a little bit uh, about the driving? And, and if it's, not about the dri it's, it's not about the driving mm -hmm. exactly. It's before I go, psyching myself up to get in the car right. and go anywhere. And right. I just get so anxious. Mm -hmm. And then once I get in the car and I'm on my way, I relax a little bit more and wonder what the big deal was. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, great. The notes that I took uh, was that the driving makes you nervous and tense, 
beforehand, just thinking about it. You have a lot of thoughts prior to, full of anxiety, dreading getting into the car, is what you told me. Yes. Is that accurate? And, yes. And just for the, the listeners, I'm going to include some other things you said to me, because I'm going to be using them in the tapping. And I don't know if there's any practitioners that are listening now or will be, but I'm always listening for every little thing the person says, both both negative, if you will, and positive. Because here are some positives, Monica, that you told me that I circle in my color color green. I'm not an impaired driver, you told me. You said you can drive a stick shift, and uh, even though you do the errands with your automatic car, and I still have good coordination with a clutch and stick. So those are things that I'm going to tap in later after we get rid of some of the negatives, if you will, All right. is then we can begin to strengthen and build in and anchor the positives that, in fact, are true, that, that you are not an impaired driver. In fact, you're a very capable driver. But there might be some other things you're scared about which will probably come up. Okay. So um, for the sake of, of people listening, uh, either live or on a recording, I think I'll go over the tapping points. And some of you already know a lot about EFT, I understand, and some of you may not know anything about it. Everybody has a little bit different tapping points. Uh, Gary Craig, the EFT masters, they all do a little tiny bit different things. Uh, we're all pretty much doing the same thing, but there's a few things. So I'm going to just talk um, briefly here. There's the karate chop, which uh, Monica, you and I have gone over this. But for those listening, the karate chop is between the pinky and the end of the hand in that fatty portion. If, if you were going to split a law, uh, what do you call that? Oh, dear. You break a board with the karate chop. Tapping there. Then we take both hands, I take the middle and index finger, and I tap on the inside of the eyes, kind of where the bridge of the nose and the eyebrows start. We just tap on there, and you don't have to tap hard at all, just, just lightly. Then we're going to tap on the outside of the eyes, which means you just curve around the eyebrow to the end of the eyebrow. You're on the bone, not the temple. Tapping there with the same two fingers. Then go under the eyes, under and that's again on the bone, not on the cheek, but under, right under the eye. Then one hand, whichever you prefer, it doesn't matter, under the nose. Then go to that little dippy part of the chin, tap on that. And then I have people, here's where I differ maybe with some, I have people take their, uh, if you're right-handed, for example, I take my right hand, I fold my fingers down, form kind of a flat base with my fingers. And where there's that, the clavicles come together and there's that soft spot, your throat palate, and about an inch down is the beginning of the sternum, that very tough bone. We're going to thump on that. This is a thymus thump, a nice, good, hard thump. Then under the armpit, about four inches down, you're on the side of your rib cage. We're going to be tapping on that. If, you, if a person can't cross their chest, you can take the same hand and do it on the same side of the body. doesn't matter. And then I use the wrist. Um, top of the head is a good one. If you prefer top of the head, that's fine. I use 
the inside of the wrist. So since I am right-handed, I take my right wrist, not my, not the butt of my hand, but the actual wrist, and flop it over on top of my left wrist and just tap those together. It doesn't matter if you do it with your right hand, left hand. It, it really doesn't matter. You can switch off. The body uh, doesn't care as long as we get the tapping in. Number of taps, I wouldn't worry about it. By the time that we say whatever we're going to say, you'll have done plenty of taps. And again, not too vigorously. Some people end up bruising themselves if they get a little too vigorous. Okay, so, Monica. I'm ready. Let's do this. I want you to focus on, it can be a recent time or it can be something that happened a long time ago, I don't care, but I want you to focus on the particular issue at hand, which is before you need to go do an errand, you start thinking right. about, oh gosh, I have to get in the car. And I'd like you to give me a specific time if possible. And you don't have to, but if you have one, that um, you get your anxiety all going. You mean for the recent event? Yeah, yeah, if you have a recent event of, of this happening. It was about 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I had to drive over to my hairdresser. Okay. And and it usually is a low point in my day, so I was dreading going because I just didn't feel good in my body about going. Okay. So I had all this anxiety. Okay. Okay. And you don't have to notice any other thoughts, but, but are there any other thoughts about, I'm not going to make it, uh, I'm, you know, any thoughts at all about once you're in the car, I'm not going to be able to drive, I'm going to run into something. I mean, do you have any thoughts specifically to driving other than just anxiety? No. no my, my anxiety lies in the fact that I have to walk back and forth between the car and the house and load my cane if I should have to use it, my purse, uh, a jacket, and um, that that creates a lot of anxiety because when I'm in the house, I tend to um, stop and go, freeze, and my you know, going through the doorways and. Uh, so it takes a lot of effort, okay. and that effort creates a lot of anxiety because I wish I could just walk out there and load my car like I used to. Okay. All in one fell swoop, but that isn't okay. possible right now. Okay. So there's a lot of effort, and then there's a lot of, um, what would you call that? That, darn it, I can't do this like I used to. Just, um... I don't know, wishing that, uh -huh. just wishing it was like it was before. Yeah, great. Of course. Okay. I'm just taking a couple notes there. Okay. So I want you right now to really tune in, Monica, to that particular, we're going to call it the, the situation, okay? where you okay. have to go to the hairdresser at 1.30 in the afternoon. It's not your favorite time of day. 
don't feel very good. And you can imagine how you're going to have to go walk back and forth. And that's not an easy thing for you to do. It takes a lot of effort. And you certainly wish it was like it was before. So this is the whole event, if you will. Okay? And I want you to pretend you have a little camera in your mind. All right. And you're going to take a picture, a snapshot, that represents the worst part of this whole event. Okay. And, you know, just let it develop, kind of like the old Polaroid, you know? <laughs> okay. You don't have to work at this at all. Just see what shows up as a picture that represents the worst part of this whole deal. Okay. And what do you get in a picture? That it's pretty funny. Okay. It makes me laugh because if if I was to run a bunch of pictures, it would just there'd be a whole bunch of them for each right. pause that I take getting back and forth to put my stuff in the car. Okay. Okay. So the picture that represents the most disturbing part of this entire event or memory, if you will, is when you take a pause. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. So, okay. So tell me literally what you see. You have several of them, but let's just uh, let's let's take let's pretend we have a summary picture. <laughs> what okay. do you literally see in this picture? What I just see me stop. I see me okay. stop. I see me looking down at the floor, uh-huh. uh, trying to find an, uh, a goal to step to so I can initiate walking again. Okay. Um, I'm thinking really hard about it. I'm not being able to move. I'm just frozen. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, wonderful. So when I refer, Monica, to let's go back to the picture, I'm referring to that, okay? Yes. What you just told me. This is a great picture. I mean, there's a lot in this. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I want you to focus on that picture okay. as much as possible. See if you can put yourself there mentally that you're you're in the picture now. You you are you are the picture. All right. And what do you notice is going on in your body right now? as you're in that picture. I feel like I'm there. Yes. I feel like I'm experiencing it because okay. I'm shaking so, more right now. Okay, you're shaking more. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yes. Okay. Anything else physically you notice sensation-wise in your body? No, just the anxiety level is up there. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the next part, the emotions. The anxiety is at, on a 0 to 10, how high is the anxiety? It's a 10. Okay. Okay. And again, I'm just going to bring you back to your body, just for the heck of it. Um, you said you noticed shaking more. Anything else going on in your body that you noticed? Just shaking more and uh, tightening of my muscles okay. in my my arms and my legs. 
Uh-huh. Doesn't lead to good walking, does it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have you focus on the picture, Monica, and we're okay. going to do the tapping, all right? All right. And I'll just lead you through it. And I think you know the spots, but I'll announce them first off, and then later on I'll probably, every time I say a new phrase, we'll be just moving to the next spot. But I'll announce them for a while. Is that okay? Great. Okay. All right. So we're at the karate chop, Monica, and you're focusing on this picture. Even though I feel really anxious. Even though I feel really, yeah. Oh, do you want me to say it after you? Yes, I was just I forgot to say, you know, just repeat everything I say right after me. Yeah. Okay. Even though I feel really anxious. Even though I feel really anxious. This is just too hard. This is just too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm looking down at the floor for a good place. Start walking again. I'm looking down at the floor to look for a good spot to start walking again. I don't know where a good spot is. I don't know where a good spot is. And even though I'm so anxious. And even though I'm so anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. <laughs> okay. Of any Yeah. It's Sorry. Good. No, no, it's good. It's really good. We want this to all move. And and I'm gonna keep going, but anytime you need a break, you know, I'll just follow your lead. Okay. And if you need to ever get a Kleenex or whatever, you just let me know. Okay. And even though I feel so anxious. Even though I feel so anxious. Because this is so hard. Because this is so hard. It's just too much effort. It's just too much effort. And I don't know if I can do it. And I don't know if I can do it. I'm stopped. I'm stuck. I'm looking for a good place to step. I'm looking for a good place to step. And this is scary. And this is what? I'm sorry. Scary. Scary. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm really anxious. And even though I'm really anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Even though I am this anxious. Even though I am this anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Okay, we're going to go up to the inside of the eyes. Okay. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Outside of the eyes. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the eyes. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the nose. Feeling so anxious. Feeling so anxious. Chin. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. 
And I call it the collarbone. It's that thymus thump. Okay, I'm going to call it the collarbone from now on. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the armpit, four inches down. I am just so anxious. I am just so anxious. Wrist. Gosh, this is scary. Gosh, this is scary. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Okay, nice deep breath. And just let that go. Good job. Good job. And just for your information, sometimes I'll say more than one thing when we get to the wrist. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll always cue you if we're going to go back up to the inside of the eyes. I'll, I'll always say it. Okay? okay. All right. Okay. So we're going to tune into this picture again, Monica. All right. And there you are. You're stopped. You're looking down at the floor. You're looking for a good place to step to initiate some more walking. Bernadette? Yes? My phone is warning me that it's going to give up, so I'm going to turn on the other headset. Okay. Right now. So All right. Stand by. I'll be here. Okay. Hold on. Take me a while to hook up the headset. Can you hear me? I can. Very well. Thank you. Good. Okay, you got a fresh battery? I got a fresh battery. Thank okay. you for waiting. All right, Bye. certainly. Okay, let's tune into that picture, Monica. All right, I'm tuned in. Take your time. I want you to get into the picture. Okay, I got it. Okay. Really tune into it. What do you notice in your body? Um, it feels a little bit more relaxed. Not, not so tense. Not, okay. The muscles aren't as tight. Good. How about that shaking more? Is that done at all or same or whatever? I'm still shaking, but um, mm -hmm. not. I'm, I'm shaking without the, uh, what do they call it, the tenseness of the muscles. Okay, good. Okay. That, that helps me. Okay. And um, on, a, on a zero to ten, how intense is that anxious feeling? I would say it's an eight now. Eight, okay, good. Let's go ten to an eight. That's great. Okay, and this is standard procedure. We go to the second round. We're on the karate chop again. We're tapping on the karate chop, nice and easy. Even though I still have some anxiety. Even though I still have some anxiety. Because this is a lot of work. Because this is a lot of work. Let's face it, it is a lot of work. Let's face it, it is a lot of work. I didn't have to work this hard before. I didn't have to work this hard before. I could just do these things without thinking. I could just do these things without thinking. 
But now it takes a lot of concentration. But now it takes a lot of concentration. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. It's interesting that I am able to do this. It's interesting that I am able to do this. I am able to stop and look down at the floor. I am able to stop and look down at the floor. And figure out a new place to start walking. And figure out a new place to start walking. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. It's kind of cool that I know how to do this. It's kind of cool that I know how to do this. I can get from point A to point B. I can get from point A to point B. And from B to C. And from B to C. And C to D. And C to D. I actually get myself with all of these things into my car. I actually get myself with all of my things into the car. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious about it. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious about it. Even though I'm pretty good at it. Even though I'm pretty good at it. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay, let's go to the inside of the eyes. This remaining anxious feeling. This remaining anxious feeling. Outside of the eyes. This remaining anxious feeling. This remaining anxious feeling. Under the eye. I'm still somewhat anxious. I'm still somewhat anxious. Under the nose. I can stay anxious if I want to. <laughs> I can still I can stay anxious if I want to. Can. Or maybe I can let some more of it go if I want to. Or maybe I can let some more of it go if I want to. Collarbone. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Under the arm. I might let more of it go or I might keep it all. I might let more of it go or I might keep it all. This. Whatever I do. Whatever I do. Whatever I choose. Whatever I choose. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. This remaining anxiety. This remaining anxiety. Okay. Nice deep breath. I'm sorry. Just take a nice deep breath. I'm just encouraging you to... Take a deep breath. Okay. And let it go real fully. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Okay, so we're going to go back to the picture. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you tell me, Monica, um, it might be the very same picture, it might be different, I don't know. There's no expectations one way or the other. I just want you to tell me what you see. I'm standing straighter. Oh, good. I'm not, hunched, I'm not hunched down, clenched, looking down at the ground, worried about my next step. I'm standing straighter. Excellent. That'll help things. Uh, yeah. And did you say you're a little less worried? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. That's nice, too. Okay. Um, and you're looking 
not so much. I'm focusing not on the floor now, but to where I'm going. Oh, good. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. Sure is. Okay. Okay, great. And um, are you frozen? No. Okay, good. That sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So let's check in with the anxiety feeling on a zero to ten. Uh, what intensity does that have right now for you as you're in your picture? It's a four or five. Four or five. Okay. Okay. What would need, this is just, I just ask people this, as I say, let's pretend we have magic. You know, whether we do or don't doesn't necessarily even matter, but let's pretend. What would need to happen in your view in order for that four or five to go down? I mean, I, I think we can get it there by some more tapping just generally, but I'm interested in your thoughts. What would need to happen in your ideas of things? I need to. I I need to realize how silly. Well, most of all, I need to be able to just release it so it's not so important. To it's like I have this brick wall in front of me. Okay. And I, you know, feel like it's impenetrable. Uh huh. Um, and what is that brick wall? Do you know? It's myself. Okay. It's, it's uh -huh. what, I, what I'm believing that is possible or not possible. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just making a note of that. What I believe is possible or not possible. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good brick wall for most of us, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You said a very profound thing there. That we we all have this to work with. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do some work with that. Okay. And and uh, Robert, I trust that you're gonna, you know, inter interrupt or whatever whenever you need to. But we're gonna keep going here. Please do. Okay. So we're on the karate chop. All right. Even though I still feel somewhat anxious. Even though I still feel somewhat anxious. Because I can feel that brick wall. Because I can feel the brick wall. It's tough. It's tough. It's like brick. It's like brick. It has that rough texture to it. It has that rough texture to it. It's all cemented together. It's all cemented together. There's no way I can move a brick wall. There's no way I can move a brick wall. It's just not possible. Just not possible. And even though I have this brick wall in front of me. Even though I have this brick wall in front of me. And I seem to be walking anyway. And I seem to be walking anyway. And I get to the car anyway. And I get to the car anyway. And I did get to my hairdresser. And I did get to my hairdresser. There's still this brick wall in front of me. There's still this brick wall in front of me. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Because the brick wall stops me. Because the brick wall stops me. I still deeply and completely. I still deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. 
love and accept myself. What if I didn't have a brick wall in front of me? What if I didn't have the brick wall in front of me? How the heck did it get here anyway? <laughs> How the heck did it get here anyway? I don't remember this brick wall several years back. I don't remember this brick wall here some years back. I used to just get up, get my stuff, and go to the hairdresser. I used to just get up, get my stuff, and go to the hairdresser. Takes a little more time now. Takes a little bit more time now. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. But I got this brick wall all of a sudden. But I got this brick wall all of a sudden. It's a belief. It's a belief. That this just isn't possible. Just, this isn't possible. But I got to the hairdresser anyway. But I got to the hairdresser anyway. Even though this is all so confusing. Even though this is all so confusing. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though it takes me a little longer. Even though it takes me a little longer. And I fight that sometimes. And I fight that sometimes. I think things should be the way they were. <laughs> I think things should be the way they were. And they aren't. And they aren't. They're different now. They're different now. And I get a little anxious about that. And I get a little anxious about that. Fighting it. Fighting it. This brick wall might be my fight. This brick wall might be my fight. Tells me things aren't possible. Tells me things aren't possible. Tells me lies. <laughs> Tells me lies. I love to lie to myself. I love to lie to myself. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. And even though it's not. Even though it's not. It's not enjoyable. Not enjoyable. I deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. I deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. Okay. Uh, inside of the eyes. This little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. And just so you know, I'm going to throw in the kitchen sink here, okay? Okay. okay. Uh, outside of the eyes. I think things should be the same as they were. I think things should be the same as they were. Under the eye. I just won't accept that things are different. I just won't accept that things are different. Under the nose. What would it be like to just accept things are different? What would it be like to just accept things that are different? That doesn't... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Chin. That doesn't mean I'm going to get worse. It doesn't mean I'm going to get worse. Stay with the chin. It just means things are different. It just means things are different. Colorblind. Well, yeah, things are different. Well, yeah, things are different. Under the arm. And I'm doing pretty darn good. And I'm doing pretty darn good. Rip. I can drive myself to the hairdresser. I can drive myself to the hairdresser. And I can get all my stuff into my car. And I can get all my stuff into my car. Including me. Including me. The one with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the inside of the eyes. This little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. Side of the eye. I wonder if I could just let it go. 
I wonder if I can just let it go. I seem to be a good enough driver. I seem to be a good enough driver. I seem to get my cane and my purse and my jacket and me into the car. I seem to get my purse, my jacket, my cane and me into the car. Yeah. It's nice to drive myself to the hairdresser. It's nice to drive myself to the hairdresser. It's so wonderful to have this sense of freedom. It's so wonderful to have this sense of freedom. Under the arm. To have this sense of independence is so wonderful. To have this sense of independence is so wonderful. I could probably accept that it takes a little longer. I could probably accept that it takes a little longer. Oh, no, I don't want to accept that. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to accept that. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. Whatever I choose. Whatever I choose. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay. Nice deep breath. And let that go. Let it go. It's a one. Excellent. Yay. Okay. Okay, hooray. Now, if I was with you, um, I don't want to take too much time off of the program here. We do what's called an eye roll. And I just want uh -huh. to imagine this. If, if you were sitting in front of me with your eyes pointed toward me, and I put uh -huh. my hand down toward the bottom of the floor, and I slowly lifted my hand up to the top of the ceiling, and you would uh -huh. have your eyes just follow that very slowly. Okay. And you might say once or twice during that period of time, this little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. Yep, and you roll your eyes way up. And I tell people to take their eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, that can dust out the corners there with an eye roll. Um, I can't see what you did, so I don't know, you know, did it or not. But a one sure beats a ten. Yes, I feel relaxed. Good. Good. So this is this is an example of taking one aspect, in this case Monica's anxiety about getting into the car and all the things that take a lot of effort. You know, we, we might go back if you were doing a longer session with me and, and just do a little tapping on all the effort that this takes. There's obviously a sense of loss, which I would want to focus on pretty quickly so that we could get to, that would tap into a whole reservoir of loss and grief. Because I, did, I didn't realize how much I, I had. Yeah. I, I uh, just kind of, I didn't, I didn't even realize it. Yeah, well, everybody's such a trooper, you know. You're working so hard to manage things and deal with what you have here. But this reservoir of loss and grief is a huge thing to release out of the cell structure. It can make a huge difference in relieving symptoms, relieving state of mind, and uh, this is an example of taking one aspect. And then other things, of course, 
come up with whether it's relationships with family, friends, uh, with work that one can maybe no longer do, you know, different kinds of losses, or, or as you say, things that are just a lot more work and effort. Yeah. I thought I was coping okay, but I guess I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure you're coping really well. There's just a lot of hidden aspects that are powerful. So at this yeah. point, I think I'll just check in uh, with Robert and listeners. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Monica, thank you, and I hope you, you're going to stay on, and maybe there'll be some questions for you, or, or we might get to do more work. I don't know. I'll stick around. Okay. My, uh, my follow-up question, uh, Bernadette, is would you recommend that Monica do any follow-up tapping for herself? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the, the thing that's common is people not feeling comfortable with the tapping yet. Like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't think I know where to tap. Monica might be able to because she's done some on herself. I would go into, I wish it was like it was before. That's what I would go into. And that's a deeper pocket of loss. And then aspects come up, and, and sometimes I encourage people to write them down even ahead of time. You know, my relationship with my husband, or I can't do the work I used to do, or friends seem to uh, be standoffish because they don't know what to say to me. You know, those various things. And then start tapping on those aspects. Uh, I, I think, personally, I love to have a very specific picture. You don't have to, but I find it to be more helpful. Mm -hmm. And it does sound like, uh, for the particular work, uh, there is immediate result, uh, just as we heard expressed in the session you did with Monica, rather than having to wait a month or two or a year to see some kind of a positive outcome. You actually do see it now. It just happens now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would be, well, I, I hate to predict because I don't want to set uh, an expectation, but what I am asking Monica right now is, is to just keep paying attention to have no expectations of what's going to be, but to keep paying attention and just see how it goes with uh, getting your stuff together and getting into the car and levels of anxiety about that, um, bodily symptoms of how that goes to get into the car. You know, that's all we focused on today. But you might also notice some other things which I don't want to leave that, but my guess is you might also notice some other things that um, will be in a favorable light. And so people may be working with you actually for one session to clear whatever is up, uh, or they may actually uh, schedule a number of subsequent sessions uh, to work on whatever uh, follows up after afterward. Is that right? Correct, correct. Oftentimes people come and say, uh, you know, I want to get this cleared up. And then they see how fast that can happen, and they get pretty excited and say, well, I also want to clear up this. <laughs> 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 and then there's this relationship. <laughs> um, so it's just a matter of really what the client wants to clear up. But the thing that I love about it for myself and the client is, as you witnessed today,
son, um, you know, I'm going to ask Monica to, to email me and, and give me some feedback about what she notices. Well, that's really quite awesome, I must say. Remarkable work. We've really uh, pursued the whole theme of uh, our thoughts and how they affect our ability to recover from the symptoms of Parkinson's very vigorously these last uh, three or four months, and this certainly piggybacks uh, beautifully on all of that work. And I, just a brief thing, because uh, I think this is a lovely metaphor, that when I asked Monica, and I know you're right here, Monica, I'm just kind of talking to everybody, um, I asked, well, what would bring that anxiety down more, you know, from a four to a five to less? And she said, well, I need to realize it's not so important. And then she said, well, there's this brick wall in front of me, and it's me. It's what I believe is possible or not possible. And she just, you know, without thinking or unconscious, just picks it up. It's a thought. And uh, that was just beautiful, I thought. Oh, I did too. And it seems like this work can also be powerful for people who find themselves thinking the thought, oh, now that I have the symptoms of Parkinson's, I'm going to always get worse, because it'll help them acknowledge, oh, wait a minute, that's actually not true. And they can, through this uh, neural reprogramming, through tapping, and also through speaking certain statements, they'll be able to uh, reconfigure that in a very different and creative way. Yeah. I spend a lot, uh, recently I'll say that in the tapping, I do a lot of, uh, you know, maybe this will blah, 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 maybe this won't blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll get better, maybe I'll never get better. Maybe my symptoms will get really bad, maybe they'll get really good. I don't know yet. It has, I don't know, that's the future. It, it loosens up the cells to go, oh, yeah, I don't know, that's not Right. It takes care of it addresses the fear that's just residing and bubbling all around the body. Yes, and this whole little voice we have, and, and I spend a, hopefully a lot of time, not as much today, but with humor of, uh, you know, I just love to scare myself. <laughs> this is an old habit of mine, to scare myself about things that haven't even happened yet. And I, I think we all have a tendency to greater or lesser degrees to do that. Well, this has been a fascinating uh, session and discussion. Uh, I learned a great deal about EFT that I never knew before, Bernadette. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being with us today and explaining uh, to our listeners how this particular wonderful therapy works for people. Robert, you are doing such wonderful work on what I've seen from your website and your programs, your blogs, and um, I appreciate that you're out there in the world, so thank you. So this is uh, Bernadette Hunter. Uh, I got her uh, reference and her name from individuals who have been uh, significantly helped, uh, individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. And you just heard her work with uh, Monica McIntyre, who's been a volunteer uh, here on the program, um, who's also interested in uh, EFT as a, as a uh, possible profession for herself. You can um, get in touch with Bernadette Hunter at the following website, www.powerful-performance.com, where you get lots of information about the wonderful work that she's doing. And um, feel free to contact her about the possibility of getting a private session. 
And that's what's happening at Parkinson's Recovery on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the men are handsome, all the women are smart, and all the children are truly loved. For those of you who are listening, know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.